and down, and the jungle fire was burning. Down the track came a hobo hiking, and he said, boys, I'm not turning. I'm headed for a land that's far away, beside the crystal fountains. So come with me, we'll go and see the big rock candy mountains. In the big rock candy mountains, there's a land that's fair and bright, where the handouts grow on bushes, and you sleep out every night. Where the boxcars all are empty, and the sun shines every day. On the birds and the bees and the cigarette trees, the lemonade springs where the bluebird sings in the big rock candy mountains. In the big rock candy mountains, all the cops have wooden legs, and the bulldogs all have rubber teeth, and the hens lay soft-boiled eggs. The farmer's trees are full of fruit, and the barns are full of hay. Oh, I'm bound to go where there ain't no snow, where the rain don't fall, the wind don't blow in the big rock candy mountains. In the big rock candy mountains, you never change your socks, and the little streams of alcohol come a-trickling down the rocks. The brakemen have to tip their hats, and the railroad bulls are blind. There's a lake of stew and a whiskey, too. You can paddle all around them in a big canoe in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. In the Big Rock Candy Mountains, the jails are made of tin, and you can walk right out again as soon as you are in. There ain't no short-handled shovels, no axes, saws, or picks. I'm a-goin' to stay where you sleep all day, where they hung the Turk that invented work in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. I'll see you all this comin' fall in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. I'll see you all this coming fall in the Big Rock Candy Mountains. Okay, okay, let's see, is this working? Yes, I can hear myself, that's very good, very well. All right, today, Sunday, February 19th, we're sitting in the Secret Alley Studios. This is the officially the second episode of the Freaky Hour. Today, I have a special guest, a special person. Molly Davis, some would call her my special person. Only some. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> um, okay, so we have Molly on today, and we're just going to get into it. Uh, we were just talking. Molly, what, uh, do you have anything to say to the world? Because hey, um, this is going to be recorded. This is going to go on the internet forever. All right. Immortalized. Immortalized. You'll be immortalized in the internet. Well, thanks for taking me here. This place is really cool. What do you think about the space we're in? We're in a space called the Secret Alley in San Francisco, and it's really beautiful. It's got... How'd you how'd you describe it? I don't even know how to describe well, this place. Right now, I feel like I'm actually in an alley. I actually feel like I'm at Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> in Disneyland. <laughs> you know, so there's kind of like dim lighting and yeah. then, uh, all of these little constructed roofs and i see like a little bridge in the hallway it's very strange um but but it feels good it feels nice how do you describe like what's built around here there's like there's cement skateboard ramps skateboard ramps there's half pipes there's not half pipe there's a quarter pipe i'm talking like i don't know what how to do you know anything about skating 
Apparently not. Well, because the other day you claimed that you are like a, a human encyclopedia of skateboards. I do think that's true. I think I'm a um I think I'm pretty close to a uh, an encyclopedia of skateboarding knowledge. Prove it. I don't know how to prove that on the air without someone asking me questions, but I've got a pr- I've I've got a pretty dang good uh Okay, I have a question. What was like the best uh part that came out in 94? 94. Okay, yeah, I'm not an encyclopedia. There's I have there's some gaps. Like I can tell you 94 might have been a visual sound stereo and if that was 94 Ethan Fowler's part was pretty amazing. He was skating in San Francisco. Let's get a fact check going right now. He was skating in San Francisco to some jazz. I can't remember who it was on the track, but I really liked that uh, aesthetic of skateboarding. Um That's pretty impressive. I think it's great. I mean, that's a pretty legendary video. Um What about 2004? 2004 i think 2004 was yeah right oh yeah if it was if it was yeah right then let's see if that was correct i actually have like a a really serious question okay 2004 yeah right was 2003 okay okay i'm blowing same stereo visual sound 1994 best part of 1994 was uh ethan fowler for sure nice cool no i do have a question for you like what what do you uh, sensationally experience when you're watching? Uh, Ooh, when I'm watching, like when you're watching like videos, you know? Because I've known Parker for a while now, and he he loves watching <laughs> skate parts all day, every day, you know, all the time. And and I just I I don't really understand because at, to a certain point, you know, sorry to all the skaters out there, like it just seems the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I think that's cool to hear from someone else. Well, okay, the way I would uh, I would liken it to listening to music or something. It's it's the same thing as listening to music for me. But it's it's got more compo- it's got different components to it. So it's not just it's 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 visually stimulating. It's intellectually stimulating for me. It's so just like mentally stimulating. And it's also the music is a huge part of it. So it's it's intellectually stimulating because you're you're thinking about like the mechanics of the tricks. I think of it creatively, but also skating for me, I see it as like this dance between you and just like the man-made world. Because you couldn't skate without, obviously, for so many reasons, but you couldn't skate without people constructing cities. You need you need smooth ground to ride and then you also need architecture to you need architecture to have things to skate on like ledges and hubbas and rails and stairs and uh things like that or like skating at a skate park it's all everything uh, skateboarding is is it's by necessity a it's like you're using what someone else has created. It's like a, you need a someone experience. else that has nothing to do with skateboarding in order to skate. Yeah, totally. And it's exciting for me to to see different spots. And I like when people go to different places around the world because you get to see different how different architecture influences skaters. Because over time, you in, you develop a relationship with certain skaters that you like. So you know what they do. With tricks they do 
you know how they look and you know you know what spots they skate if you send someone if you send uh someone to china they're gonna do they're gonna it's gonna look different than if it's la totally but do you think like if you you know follow a skater enough like you can maybe like predict absolutely the, the type of trick that they would maybe conceive of if they're seeing like a certain uh certain like landscape on the architecture like what they would most likely go for I, absolutely mo- 90 95 percent of skaters yes the exciting ones are the ones that you can't can you name a few of those I, for i would think evan smith you don't know what he's gonna do day one song and then all these Instagram kids that do like weird tricks because there's like now there's like a renaissance of like 90s tricks, but they're like on steroids. Upgraded. So it's like weird things that you don't even know what to call them. What about uh, Bam Margera? Bam Margera. What about Bam? I think Bam. I mean, definitely. A print. <laughs> Are you just saying names of skaters that you know? Yeah. <laughs> Bam Margera. I mean, he doesn't really skate anymore because I think he has he has ankle issues. And by saying I think, I mean, I know he has ankle issues. <laughs> But he, I mean, I think he's probably pretty predictable, but he's really good. But, I mean, I think he's a little, I think he might be a little blown out right now. Yeah, but he does like to shake things up a bit. He also likes to shake things up a bit, and he is going to do, what will he think of next? <laughs> what will he do next? What was, what Whatever was, the fuck he wants. What was his parents' name? We got Ape, April Margera. April, that's right. Ape. April, Ape, Margera, and Phil, and then his uncle Don Vito, who uh, unfortunately passed away last year. Wow. One of the many from last year. Yeah, the Fallen. Um, and then he's got his brother, who is the drummer of the band CKY, mm-hmm. and his name is... Tip of the tongue. I don't remember. What's <laughs> his name? The useless information we hold on to. I don't, okay, I don't see it as, well, there is a lot of useless information. I don't think, I don't see my, I don't see my skateboarding knowledge as useless, but it's pretty dang useless, but I enjoy it, so I guess there's use in it. Well, I guess that's, you know, what is, what does use really mean? Like, usefulness, like, is it to bring you joy, or is it to be, you know, applied into the world? I mean, I apply it in my world. Not so much anymore, because I don't really skate that much with people. But for, I apply it all the time, because I wake up and I think about skateboards. Yeah, but like sometimes, you know... The use, it's validation. It's like setting a sense of identity, and f- like half of my life has been crafted around skateboarding as being a part of my worldview. So okay. it's useful, because it's how I see the world. I see the world, and that's part of my lens, is skateboarding. But do you think sometimes it's, like, entertainment reasons, too? Like, we just... 90% You, you know, like, you read skate gossip. Yeah, I don't <laughs> read gossip about anything else other than skateboards. But then it just, like, uh, accu- it, accumulates as this, like, source of information that yeah. now you can, like... It's pretty you know, silly. Regurgitate. Yeah, I know, like, silly, like, gossip story. It's funny knowing gossip stories about people you don't know. Yeah. And then you form opinions about people you don't know. And they're probably always wrong. And that's, <laughs> Wait, it's yeah. like celebrity gossip. It's like, people would be like... Well, totally, because it's like, like, I'm oh, so... Oh, Brad Pitt, I hate Brad Pitt. And you're like, you don't know Brad Pitt. I'm so removed from, you know, 
the in circle. You're not wearing. You're not. You're not I'm watching not hip to the game. You're not reading like People magazine. But listen, I love a little celebrity gossip every now and again. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, Some, you do. Sometimes I dabble in the dark arts, and I just I I get into these holes where I just I gotta know what's happening. But strictly only with celebrity gossip. Do you know any? Well, actually, no. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, we were talking about, I think it was like Beyonce gossip the other day, but I don't think I have anything to say about that. I, I, I yeah, I think I'd I like to, to pass on the Beyonce gossip. Okay. Um, yeah, me too. Okay. Right now we're gonna, we're gonna take a quick coffee break. Um, load up. we're gonna load up on some caffeine, but don't worry because I'm about to play a song that I also really love. It's called, uh, show you the way. It's by Thundercat from his forthcoming album on February 26th called Drunk. Um, it's featuring Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins um, on the, the Brain Feeder label. And, of course, it's got an ad. We're YouTubing it right now. But, uh, okay, let's, let's give this one a listen. Um, hopefully Michael McDonald's voice soothes your soul.
to feel your water bottle before you always make sure you have a friend with you that actually has water. Okay, hey, and and we're we're back. We're back on the freaky hour. Episode two with Molly Davis. That was Thundercat with Show You the Way. Um I have to do some uh some fact, uh going back on some facts facts from the uh the beginning segment. So uh a visual sound two thousand or nineteen ninety four Ethan Fowler song was a band called Ululation. Ululation Ululation something. Um with the song Brouhaha. It's just an instrumental jazz track. Um, maybe you could play it. Maybe we could play it later. Um, that's definitely a possibility. Uh, we could maybe go out with some jazz. I think that's a pretty... Oopsies. Sorry if you're hearing that. Um, I might have had some music still playing. Okay, and then that's fact one. Fact two. Drummer of CKY, a.k.a. Bam Margera's brother. His name is Jess Margera. I knew that. Okay. Now okay. That that's all settled. Yeah, I just had to go back on some facts. And the, you know, I have to st- stay up with my um, skateboarding knowledge. Okay, so what we've been talking about off of the air is states, the United States. Well, there's this nice. Uh map of the united states in here which i think is what's giving us this inspiration is it is it a map of the roads what is is that of a highway map it, yeah it's definitely a highway but it's a little bit old highway map we're talking about state. how many states have you been to um i think it's a good thing to think about i think as earlier what you were about 13 14 yeah not many i i definitely would like to go mm-hmm. to more states i think i've hit the 30 mark how does that make you i feel? think maybe even 35 I'm trying to see every state, I think. Yeah. That's, I think that's I want to see every state. I don't count Hawaii. That I, no, 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 no. I want to go to I don't count going to Hawaii. Don't I went when I was really young. Don't say that about Hawaii. I don't... I want to go to Hawaii. I just <laughs> don't think... Count, I was there when I was really young. I don't think that counts. No, I need to go to Hawaii because I have a newfound fascination with volcanoes. Yeah. Um... Because of the Werner Herzog film that Gabe, my friend Gabe, who will be on here at some point in his life, um, showed me. And then Molly and I watched it. I was pretty captivated by it. What did you think? What do you think about? What do I think about volcanoes? It's like, what, yeah, what's... Do you... Okay, I, I think it definitely widened my uh, perception a little bit because, you know, we live in this the city lifestyle and i think it's really easy for us to get kind of wrapped up in our our little dramas and little things about being in this sort of cityscape and we forget that we are you know really immersed in the natural world so watching that movie made me you know face face that head on how so what about the volcanoes did that I think just their their immense power. Yeah. You know, like watching the the magma flow and just being like subjected to to the chaos that like is the volcano. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's nothing that we can ever do like if a volcano wants to explode, it's going to explode. That's how the world the the natural world works. 
Yeah. That's what what you just said is what all not all but what mo- basically almost everyone in that video was saying. Well, just like that's why people volcano, are attracted to volcanoes. It's so destructive, right? You know, I think more so than any other like natural um like storm or force. Like it it's this this slow Maybe. slow moving thick just fluid i don't even know i'm just like thinking of you know like right now in my head i just like see all this like slow moving magma coming across the videos of it are probably like the most psychedelic natural occurrence i've ever seen it's like it looks like you're having like like watching that reminds me of like some crazy closed eye visual like having like hallucination like you know like a psychedelic hallucination but it's like right in front of your eyes it's like the running magma is so insanely beautiful, but it's for us. It has the the capability of just ruining ever everything. You know, it's like uh, it can end everything that we hold dear. Yet for the Earth, it's like absolutely essential. It like builds. It's built our continents. It's everything we have. It is the Earth. It's so cool. Yeah, it's the Earth. It's the Earth. It's the Earth. Earth juice. It's Earth juice. It's hot, steamy <laughs> earth juice. It's the earth is just oozing out. It's the earth is just like ejaculating itself all I, over you know, the world. I was just thinking that. <laughs> no, really though, because it, it is you know kind of this phallic symbol. If I, I mean, I've never thought about this before, but you know, just coming out of the the earth and just coming up and you know giving out its primordial juices. Yeah, it is. The earth is. <laughs> Busting all the time and just busting itself on itself. It's pretty cool. It's... I think my favorite thing right now is that we both have some like seriously sleepy eyes. Going yeah, on. we <laughs> went to. Uh, we're not. Um, we're not. I was actually. Idea. I was about to say that. Um, okay, so we went to Mama Cita last night, which is a restaurant. Don't we care. Had, no, no, but it's not important. But I was going to say, like, we're not affiliated with it, but we're, like, completely affiliated with it. Yeah. But I'd say Mamacita is not uh, affiliated with this show. So I-, I feel comfortable, you know, giving it the shout out. Yeah. Um, they got some good chicken tacos. Yeah, definitely go there. But yeah, no, not important. Boring facts. Um, I think Earth. Earth. Volcanoes are much cooler. Volcano Earth is more exciting. Wait, but. Can you tell the story of um, that French couple? Um, Volcanologist? Yeah. For Okay. So w- what I really liked about the Werner Herzog film, it's called Into the Inferno. I really like it. I really like him just in general. This um, couple, uh, what's their names? Um, uh, Katya and Maurice Kraft. Those two, they got really into volcanoes. I can't remember together or separately. I think they met post-volcano love, love for the volcanoes. But they were completely fearless when it came to volcanoes. They would walk very, they would walk right up to the magma, which no one really does because it's so dangerous. And they did it for like 23 years, and they never... That wasn't what killed them. A volcano killed them, but it wasn't because how close they would get. But the footage they got is 
to me is some of the most breathtaking stuff I've ever seen. It makes me feel like just, I don't even know. I don't know how to explain it. I feel crazy when I see those, that footage, but they were just like in complete love with the volcanoes and they felt, it's not, it's my words. I'm trying to quote them, but I can't remember, but the way they the way they'd explain the volcanoes it's it's so beautiful they would just have these very deep moments they're great i don't i don't know what else to say other than go check them out i don't have a, i don't have a specific story about them but they they check it out check, check it out uh they died from a this thing that happens where there's like basically a, a molten hot mudslide of volcanic, what do they call it? Um, do you remember what it's a, called? A pyroclastic. Pyro, nice pyroclastic flood. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. They died along with forty-one other people in a. I gotta do pyro, pyroclastic flow. Yeah, maybe. I was gonna say shout out to Miss Leach there, sixth grade. Miss Leach, she taught you about those. Yeah. Miss Leach. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. They. They did. The volcano got them. And oh, okay. This is the story. <laughs> the day before. They died. He was being interviewed. Uh, Maurice Kraft was being interviewed, and he said, "In the 23 years I've been doing the, like doing this, like I could I could die today a happy man. I could no. He said I could die tomorrow and I'd be happy with my life. And he fucking died the next day. That seems to happen. That's to me. That's a beautiful ending. Yeah, it's true. That's." amazing that's saying i'm gonna he said i'm gonna he basically said i'm gonna go tomorrow and i'm happy i'm going tomorrow it's extremely life-affirming yeah well it's like that story is amazing that's like to me that says you can die happy yeah because sometimes i get scared that you're that that you might not die happy i well i think what terrifies me about death the most maybe not the most but one thing that i think about more on a daily basis is the fact that I will have some sort of accidental death where I feel like I haven't um, accomplished enough in my life. And, and accomplished is an interesting term because I don't mean that in, in, in the way of material success, but I just want to feel some sort of satisfaction and I don't want this gift of life taken away too soon. But I don't think anyone does. <laughs> I know, but there's different things that are scary about about death, and that's one that I think, I think about the most. Totally, it's scary, but it's nice when you. I think like an okay thing to think of is like, what am I going to do today to make sure that I like what? Like that's a crazy way to think of your day. Like, how could I die happy? Well, that's why I like thinking about this. Well, not about dying happy, but it's just about you know taking every day as a gift it's all like all these cliches man they're true but yeah you know just wait then you just got to find you don't want to say the old cliche statements <laughs> you gotta make a new one that's what's fun yeah. what's your new one instead of uh you know it's uh they it's a what do they say it's like today's the present it's, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, wait, wait, wait. it's there's some silly about saying like about Eleanor like roosevelt quote what'd she say Yesterday's a mystery. Tomorrow, 
No, tomorrow's a mystery. Yesterday is history. Today is a gift. That's why they call it the That's present. That's what I was trying... Today's a gift. That's why they call it the present. Well, you know, well, I think about Gabe's tattoo a lot. Again, our friend Gabe, he has on his wrist a uh, memento mori. What does that mean? Uh, remember your death. Remember your mortality. Mortality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like the same thing. Come on. I, it is. A, it is. But it puts the 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 eyeglass on a different aspect of the same thing. Yeah. You know. But it's like, it's easy for me to idealize like, oh yeah, every day I should, you know, uh, like honor or remember my mortality, but I don't do that every day. No. That we get, it's easy to go through without ever think. It's easy to go a whole day without thinking about the things that you think you want to think, that you know you want to contemplate every day. Well, maybe for a lot of people, you, you know, you go for a long time and it's not until you're faced with death, you know, someone dying mm-hmm. that you think about it. But unfortunately, our news is so damn scary that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, the news scares think the like shit out of me right now. People are thinking about death a lot, but in a, a high anxiety standpoint rather than you know, in like a really life affirming way of like, today is my day. I can control it by people are not <laughs> thinking about that right now. Yeah, I know. Instead, it's like people are afraid to like go into public places because they're going to get shot. People are afraid of a lot of things. And I think right now we're afraid of not what's happening, but what could happen. And I think it's I think it's worth being scared of, but not in the way that you stay inside and read the news. Yeah, I think you need to I think every I think that we most people have a like a civil duty in varying degrees. I don't think everyone needs to be 100% engaged. Well, now you're talking about like a little bit like politically engaged. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I without going down that path I want to just bring it back to, you know, like our our society now and how death really isn't something to think about. Yeah. And like how we desperately need a communication to, to talk about it in a way that is, you know, uplifting and really mm-hmm. life affirming rather than people wanting to constantly avoid it. And it's like the only place where this really exists is in like hospice when you know people are on their way out when they when they are about to pass like that's when you get like a lot of like counseling in this country yeah yeah because i feel like there might be other places where people are talking only about like our society yeah we don't like old people no i don't think i just thought about i don't think america likes old people i love them i like i mean i like old people i don't have a problem i mean there's people but i feel like we put old people we kind of just like we kick them to the ti- side. We get timid, like but being I, around them, you know, because it's. But we just like put them in a home. I I think that a lot of other culture, you take care of your your uh, your dear old people. Maybe yeah, you live with sure. them. Yeah, you definitely live with them. I like that family model. I think that's cool. Uh, easier said than done, though, because it's it's quite difficult to hang around your family all the time. But I think that is like the. The ideal family structure. Well, yeah, you take care of each other. Well, and to like kind of just always live together. 
Wow. Or it's like in, in India, you know, the usually it's the son's family that then, like, the oldest son will take care of the parents. The oldest son? Yeah. When... So then, so then it's like, if you had a daughter, your daughter would get married off. And then she, the da- your daughter would take care of her husband's parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. But your son would take care of you and his wife would take care of you. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. that, but that means that I, if I was going to have a son that would do that, that means I have to be ready to take care of my parents. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? Are you ready to do that? No. <laughs> On the record. No. And it's Sorry, not pops. for... The only reason is because I am not... I need to learn how to take care of myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for the responsibilities of others. Yeah. So maybe like other cultures, you know, have it a little bit easier. I think where... they're set up for it though. I don't... We're not set up for that. So it'd be weird for me to just start living my life like that. Where I have to take care of my parents right now. Yeah. I'm not ready for that. I could prepare for it. But then I need to have a job. <laughs> yeah, you and I don't have money. a jo- I don't really have a job right now. So Yeah. We, we got okay. we got work to do. Not don't, okay, getting away from the fact that I basically yeah, don't have a job. Real stuff. <laughs> and that I don't live anywhere. Um yeah, that's real stuff. <laughs> but when you were in India any of the times, have you lived with a family? Have you like slept, like stayed in someone's house with their family? Yes. Did they have the, were they living as an extended family? Ooh. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So most, like what I described earlier, uh, the family structures really hold true. So it's always the, the son's, um, parents that live with the, the new family, you know? So I lived with this one woman. Uh, or this one family in Bala, which is outside of Dharamshala. And she was this beautiful woman, and she had two young kids. And her husband was also great. He was a taxi driver. Um, taxi or tuk-tuk? Taxi. Mm. A real car, actually. Mm. Um, she seemed like she was having a rough time in in the house, and... Her English was was fairly good, and I talked to her a few times, and she did not get along with her husband's parents, and that created a lot of drama in the household, Mm -hmm. so much so that a couple weeks later, she ended up taking the kids and leaving for um, a few weeks, and that, that created a lot more stress on the family situation, but she did, she did come back, but she just needed a break, you know, so Mm -hmm. I, I think it's really hard to live in that setting you yeah. know, where you're, you're taking care of grandparents because it's hard. You have people who are stuck in their ways and not willing to change. So if you have, you know, a, a woman who's a wife who's wanting to run the family a certain way, you're kind of limited by what the grandmother thinks a household should be like, you know, and there's clashes there about like how to take care of a house. Those that's Ugh. that's a society that also has more tradition than us. So people, there's more respect to to tradition. Yeah, and with that, uh, kind of, 
I mean, you're, you're really trapped in your role or not trapped, but you have a role and you need to uphold that role. Yeah. I can't, I can't figure that out. I don't, I don't know where the perfect line between tradition and your own personal tradition is. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Me neither. Um, I, okay. This is dumb, but I'm going to say it. Uh, look at those hooks. Uh-huh. So those coat hangers, they, um, look like octop- octop- they look like a drunk fighting octopus. Yeah. That's what someone said to me. It's very true. Yeah. I've never, I haven't seen it since someone said that. Yeah, they do. Um, they kind of like look like they're gonna like he's like gonna they're punch, boxing, like how I like to punch. Yeah, like uh, the old timey boxer yeah. guy. Yeah, Parker's been teaching me how to how to throw a punch these past couple days. I don't know much about fighting. I've never been in a fight, but I do know how to throw a good punch because I took uh, Shotokan karate for a long time. Can I hear some of the noises? I will, I will go far past the de- the allow- the allowed decibel level of this microphone <laughs> just, if I do just that. Just go a little to the side. Okay, I'm gonna put this away from me. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's called a key eye. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, um, shifting gears here. Um, I'm trying to go down this path. Have. Do you have facts about this? Have, like, I've never heard, I don't know if I've ever been convinced that aliens have ever been here. Uh-huh. Do I have facts about this? Do you this? have any facts about this? That they have been here? Like, I want someone to, like, make me question if it's happened, but nothing's ever come up that I know of that I've really bought and well, been like, maybe, you know, I'm really thinking Maybe that's... if you let me watch UFO Files, you know, last week when it was on TV... But you rudely, those shows you are really bad. Made me the I don't. I don't think that's where I'll find anything that makes me believe in aliens. On a, on a like a, I will be able to provide factual evidence. Well, I just. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what what you do on the internet. I don't think aliens have been here. I was hoping you thought they were, so I could <laughs> get into a debate about this. I mean, maybe, but I mean, what do I know? I think, aren't we just like aliens? Well, are you... Well, Okay, I, I will say that when I was younger, like just a little lamb, I was terrified of aliens. Me too. I was terrified of aliens. And like, I, I think, you know, I was the youngest of four. And I think that like my, my older siblings and like my parents, they would like to entertain the idea of, of aliens and UFOs and seeing weird stuff in the sky. Um, and that made me so scared you know that's where like a lot of my i think anxiety first first started rising with aliens yeah i know totally like i think there's aliens my parents would talk or like my family would talk about it at dinner and sometimes i would just go to the bathroom and i'm talking i'm like eight years old they would talk your mom and dad would talk about aliens at the dinner table yeah totally that's awesome i could see that with my brothers come on yeah no i could i could see it and uh another time my brother like woke up in the middle of the night and he saw something that looked like a ufo no, this was Josh. Mm-hmm. Something like moving slowly in the sky, you know, different than like a satellite, different than a plane, like something that looks strange. I'm sure there's an explanation, mm-hmm. whatever. But he recorded it like on a, you know, like a camcorder. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And he was also into like editing movies. So he put the <laughs> the X-Files theme song to it 
And like we all watched it one night in the living room and I started bawling. This shit, so scary. Um, and I think it's really just that song made me nervous. It's scary because it, I think it brings up just certain things that we're scared of that actually have nothing to do with the aliens. Like what totally. if there was something that came that you were completely unaware of? You had no, you'd never seen it before. And I think unstoppable forces scare us. Like the scared, the most scared, like honestly frightened I've ever been from a movie was Melancholia. <laughs> yeah. Who, was... um, what's his name? Um, Lars. Lars von Trier. Yeah. Lars von Trier, yeah, melancholia. It's absolutely disturbing. Like, I have never felt that frightened. Because what's scary is basically it's that, a pl- what is it, a planet like gets yeah. out of its orbit or something and it's coming really close to the Earth and it's going to hit the Earth and just like destroy the Earth and they know it's coming. And but the best part is, is that all of like the news—they're pretending the that news it's not. Says that it's not coming, and they have all of this like—it's everyone's that, denial. All of this like fake science coming out—that it's that, not going to happen. That like the calculations are wrong, and it's not going to hit. And I'm watching it, and I'm just like thinking, I'm like, what if every like you have nothing? There's the feeling of there is absolutely nothing you could do, or anyone on the whole planet well, could like do. It's like volcanoes. I know it's, it's so thing. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay, back to aliens though. The, I did see one convincing YouTube video. There we once. go. That's what I wanted. <laughs> um about these school children in Africa that like all saw this or maybe it was Australia. I think it was Australia. They saw this like, you know, spaceship land in like the in the back country mm-hmm. and they all drew like images of aliens that they saw. I think I know what that is. What do you think that is? I think, and I've thought about this a lot before because I've, I don't know how far I'm going to go down that right now, but I've seen, I've contacted aliens. Yeah. Okay. I'm on a government watch list now for saying that, but it's yeah. not that. Is I think it's collective hallucinations. You think? I think it's collective hallucinations, and I've had hallucinations I've had alien hallucinations because of drugs from like psychedelic drugs. And I've literally seen aliens the way that like people describe aliens. Yeah. but so And I th- think that there's, I think it's a collect, like I think when a whole group of people see something like that, I think it's a collective hallucination. And I think that aliens are some sort of like, it's like on another plane or something. It's like more of like a. It's like a on a like an astral plane. Like I think that we're on the physical plane. I don't think there's aliens that are here on a physical on the physical plane. I think like we can experience things on other planes of. There's other planes of existence, and I think that aliens are some. They're a manifestation of some other some part of our being, and I think that we can collectively experience them because there's a lot of stories of collective experiences of aliens and i think that it's a collective hallucination yeah i i could see that but what i think is interesting is like the the classic images of aliens yeah you know like the tall skinny large head big eyes kind of bald walking thing coming at you yeah and you know kind of gets into like icons and images and symbols Mm -hmm. like 
what came first, you know, the, this collective hallucination of like one person's depiction of this alien like creature mm-hmm. or like are people actually seeing like multiple accounts of something that looks like this one type of, of image? Yeah, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. I think there's probably, we were talking about this the other day, that there's, I think there's probably, you know, people that, because uh, you can go pretty far back and see drawings of what would people would call aliens. Oh, yeah, that and was going to be my next question. And I bet that on different, in places that are, that had never contacted each other, probably had similar experiences and maybe maybe similar depictions hmm. of aliens. Maybe. I don't know. I've never looked into it. But I wouldn't be surprised. You've had an alien hallucination? Yeah, I smoked DMT and <laughs> got probed by aliens. Really? Yeah. Can That's you, like can you tell very, us more about that? Very common <laughs> what? with DMT is to have like contact with beings. That's like like you're if you smoke DMT you're probably going to meet someone something some some form of something yeah and i smoked DMT and i found myself in a spaceship an alien spaceship but it was like extra dimensional it wasn't like i was just like out it was like like i was in some other like i saw like interacting on something it felt like it was real even when i wasn't in it where I can think back to it and be like, I feel like that's still probably somewhere in my field that I'm not f- experiencing right now. Was this when we were in Joshua Tree? No, that was a very mild experience <laughs> that I didn't really need to do. And that's not it. But I was, this one, I was probed by aliens and they were basically like, hey, we're trying to like figure out some stuff about the physical world from you. And we're trying to teach you a little bit about the astral world, like about our, our space. So we traded some info. Nice. Yeah, and they, but they, but it was really crazy. Well, it's like, what do you, what do you really think about like the difference between a, like a hallucinogenic experience, you know, in the waking life versus a dream experience? I don't. Well, I mean, they're different, but I, I don't think. I think it's all experience, and I don't think. I think people are quick to 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 treat a dream or a hallucination but in any from any substance or mind state as not real but i don't think that's i don't i don't i don't see the i don't see those that distinction i don't see why that matters cuz an experience is an experience it might be different like if you uh in you you know just like in your daily life if you went bungee jumping or something I and then you went bungee that. jumping. That's okay. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> but like so you went and then you went bungee jumping in your dream. It's going to be two different ways of experiencing the same thing. Yeah. But in some sense you experienced bungee jumping if you had it in your dream. You had some or whatever that is in your dream. You had a Well then there's almost like a, a another third way of experiencing which would be imagining like as you're you know describing that i'm imagining myself bungee jumping right now yeah that is some sort of experience it's it is your reality if you're it's part of well it's it's probably more closer to like the dream experience 
potentially. Yeah, I think they're all kind of different in their own. I mean, experience is just wild. I think it's yeah. I mean, taking taking drugs is is. I think there's. I mean, there's obviously so much stigma behind it, and it's like this day and age, it's like seen like certain kinds of people do it, and it's like generally seen as not good. Bad, bad, not good. Bad, bad, not good. But the thing is, is that uh, it's it's a beautiful thing that we can do to ourselves. It's I mean, people have been doing it as long as far back as we can go. Yeah. And uh, it's just another way of experiencing the world. It's uh, beautiful that we can do that to ourselves. Well, recently, as you know, I was on a meditation retreat. And one of the teachers there, she was, you know, giving a Dharma talk and she was saying that, uh, you know, we have these wild dreams and it's really easy for us to wake up and be like, and to separate it and say like, that was just a dream. Um, you know, I know that those, those thoughts and images and while they might be strange and bothersome, Mm -hmm. they're, they're somewhat different from me. You know, it's yeah, that's true. It's we ha- we have like a, this separateness that's kind of a little bit more natural, but when we're in our waking life, if we have a disturbing thought or a, you know an image or a flash or something strange that comes up, it doesn't make us feel good because we have an attachment towards that thought. Where, you know, I think like that thought is mine. That means I'm. I'm crazy or, you know, I'm sick for like thinking this weird, crazy thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we have more attachment to it. And I just, I found that that like really like resonated with me a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's an important thing to know that sometimes you're the things that it's not always your thoughts don't have to define you. Yeah. I think that's a liberating feeling. Well, also, we're just like big sponges going out in the world. You know, everything we see, just... Soaking it up. It's yeah, somewhere it's, in there. Yeah, soaks it up. It's kind of like the collective hallucination that you were talking about with the aliens. Yeah. Like, or even watching TV or watching movies and seeing all these violent actions and fucked up things happen. Like, no wonder we have crazy thoughts and think messed up stuff sometimes. Or have so much fear and anxiety, whatever it may be, you know, in the uh, multitudes of forms. But... It's just important to chill out a little bit. <laughs> okay, so on this note, um, parting words. Because we got we got some stuff to do, so we're going to split a minute early. And we're going to leave you with some music on the way out before we go to the Luddite Hour, <laughs> which is the next show. Nice. It's really great. It's really cool. Um, parting what, words. What would you say? So we're, we've we've been all over the place. Yeah. You know, okay, over here in... On the freaky hour, we're still get we're getting. I'm getting used to this. We're figuring it out. We're figuring out flow. We're just here having fun. It's not you know, not taking it too serious. We're just having a good time. So yeah, for sure. Um, LFG, let's fucking go. Um, what's Molly? Tell tell people what's good, and then we're gonna leave you with some songs. Um, everyone needs to uh, remember their mortality and spend some time sitting alone and cultivating some loving kindness towards themselves. I think that's totally true. And then, Oh, Oh, oh yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, we're all just, you know, little space creatures on this planet. We're maybe maybe watch boys. some volcano videos. Yeah. And also, you know, take <laughs> things seriously. Also at once you, once you go and take things super serious, 
then like don't take things so serious go and like you know i yeah. don't know but also take care of your old people take care <laughs> take there it is take care of your old people. people here's a song by some friends um it's a san francisco band called the rainbow girls here's some mellow music Bye-bye.
you 